Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there's so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there, and you're tired of the senseless and toxic diet culture noise. You're ready to tune into your body, feel empowered around food, and focus on your true health and well-being. Welcome to the Wellness Rebranded podcast. We're the healing trio of your health and wellness anti-diet dreams. I'm Tara, personal trainer. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And I'm Maura, licensed clinical social worker. Together, we're pushing back on diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity to help you practice genuine health-promoting self-care. So grab your water bottle, forget the rules, and let's start rebranding your wellness journey. Welcome back to another episode of Wellness Rebranded. Today, we are talking about social media and mental health. I'm here with Elizabeth and Mora. And Mora, take us into some social media and mental health. Yeah. I think at this point, all of us kind of know how much social media has like kind of taken over our lives. Like when we think about it, it's kind of like how much time are we using on it? It's actually so funny that you're choosing to talk about this topic. So you just showed up today and, and told us this is what we were talking about, right? We didn't know it ahead of time. Yep. But I have been deeply evaluating my relationship with social media mm. recently. So I'm super intrigued to hear what you're going to say. Yeah. Well, I'm imagining because like the fact that you're thinking about that, I think a lot of people have this awareness of like, I think I'm getting too sucked into this or like I maybe am using this in a way that's like not helpful for me. So I'm curious about what either Tara or you, Elizabeth, like have like your experience with social media and maybe like Elizabeth, like what's shown up for you that's kind of yeah, so called your attention. I'm maybe like a bit rare in that I never had social media ever, ever. I was not on any type of social media until I started my business four years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was perfectly fine with it. And that is rare. Yeah. (laughs) And frankly, I didn't understand. I'm like, why can't you just text the people? Like, I really didn't get it. And also, I had no desire to blast my life on social media. And then I had to get on it when I was doing my master's program because my cohort was communicating that way. Mm -hmm. And I there was things that I needed. So I got on it. And then I started marketing my business through it. And then really, my primary point of using it is for my business only, Mm -hmm. but it's a big part of my business. I'm very active on social media. I don't really use it personally. I almost never post anything on my personal page. I'm super careful about never showing images of my kids or every now and then I'll throw up a picture of my husband and I. But really, like, I try to be really guarded about what I do and don't show. And yeah, usually, well, so I'm very careful about it, but I'm very much on it for business purposes. I wish I wasn't on it as much for business purposes. And also, like anyone once you get on, it does sometimes you go down the rabbit hole, mm. right? And yeah. and I just don't want to be. Yeah. I think I've told you guys before that I personally am focusing a lot on mindfulness this year. And mm-hmm. I just want to be more present in the real world. Yeah. And social media does kind of take us out of the present moment. And out of the real world in a way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I actually heard a thing the other day that says that couples that use like their phones in front of each other for like prolonged periods of time report like some high level of like dissatisfaction in the relationship, even though nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. It just sends the message that like whatever's happening on your phone is more interesting than whatever happened in the real mm-hmm. world right in front of you. I get that. I personally, it drives me crazy when people pull out their phones at the dinner table. And yeah. Like we try to have that rule in my house, but at a restaurant, even when you're out with other people, yeah. it's so normal to, for mm-hmm. somebody to pick up their phone and it just always kind of 
bugs me, but it especially bugs me when my husband does it. Fun like, story, like my first date with Marcus that we didn't even realize was a date because we weren't <laughs> even dating yet. We went out to dinner and afterwards he said something like, wow, it's crazy. You didn't even look at your phone the whole time. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Why would I need my phone? And I just found that so odd. But apparently he'd like dated a bunch of people that were like just like doom scrolling during dinner. Yeah, you know. So I'm going to preface this by saying, of course, I've taken out my phone occasionally. Like I do try to be oh, mindful yeah, sure. about it, but I certainly have done it. But to me, it does send the message. If I'm with you and we're four friends going out and hanging out and you're on your phone, well, yeah, doesn't it kind of say you'd rather be with those other people? <laughs> yeah. than whoever's on the other end of the phone. But it feels like, disrespectful yeah. to me. I, yeah. Yeah, I find it rude and again like I'm, i know that i've done it so yeah same. i was actually thinking about that tara when you mentioned that study i'm really interested in that i want to take i'll a see look if i can it. find the link for you yeah because like when you were saying that there have been so many times where me and my husband are hanging out and we're like both on our phones yeah and then i put my phone away and then i'm like resentful that he's on his phone yeah me as if i wasn't just yeah. on my phone yeah that's <laughs> <Yeah>. same <laughs> yeah like, well like i'm not doing look. this too you can't do it, but I can for sure. Right. Yeah. It's okay when I'm doing it. And it's, all, it's interesting, too, because I think the narrative is like, oh, kids are always on there. Like, teenagers uh, yeah. are always on their phone, right? Dude, it's like everybody. <laughs> yes, it is. But also, I brought this mindfulness expert into my membership several months ago, and she works with elementary school kids and has brought mindfulness to them as a program. And she said the number one complaint they have is that their parents are always oh. on it. So to your point, Tara, yes, yes. it is everyone. And I actually see that with, like, my son. So he's, like, two and a half now. But, you know, like, when he was born, I'd be, like, feeding him in the middle of the night, like, scrolling on my phone. And then, like, he got a little bit more aware of the world around him, and I would be, like, scrolling on my phone. And now he'll be like, get your phone out. Like, uh-huh. if he wants me to leave him alone, uh-huh. get your phone out. Oh, my you know? gosh. And even now, like, he's two and a half, so we'll get some cuddles before bed. And, like, I read books on my phone, so a lot of times I'm reading a book, which I see as, like, a healthy thing that I'm doing. Yeah. But because it's still on my phone, to him, it's the same. Yeah. yeah. So he'll be like, read your book. Like, if he wants a couple more and it's a cuddles, but read your book. That is hilarious. You know, so it's made me aware. I'm like, oh, it's like I'm cuddling him, but also my attention's over here. Yeah. yeah. And so I've kind of made a point now to leave my phone off or in my pocket or out charging or whatever so that it's just like quality time with us. Yeah. 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 I try hard not to bring my phone with me when I'm going for a walk, mm-hmm. especially with other people. Mm-hmm. If I'm walking mm-hmm. by myself, I might listen to an audiobook or a podcast, but yeah. Also for like safety reasons. Yeah. But I, my brain always goes back to, well, I lived most of my life without a cell phone and like I'm here. Right. I mean, oh, yeah, that's true. true. (laughs) Same with, and the world is safer. Like, we kind of think that it isn't, but it is actually like, if we look at the numbers, the the world is safer. Really? Yeah. I'm also surprised by this. Yeah. Like, things are safer now. Kidnappings, right? Like, we freak out about kidnappings, but it's actually safer. I'm not saying, like, let's go leave our kids unattended all the time, you know? Yeah. out in a public Probably because people are like, oh, no, a kid. Who do I want this responsibility for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to take care of this all the time? No, don't put me down for that. That's Tara on a Friday. <laughs> I'm interested, though, Elizabeth, in hearing your experience, because I wonder if some of the things I want to talk about is like some of the harms of social media. And I'm curious if you've kind of, because of your mindset going into your social media use, if that might have kind of averted you. 
like or like you may have like averted some of these harms in a way. So I'm, I'd be curious to hear that because my social media experience, I was on MySpace way early mm-hmm. on, like maybe senior year in high school, I was on MySpace mm-hmm. and not too much. Like I was mostly like outdoorsy and like did stuff because it was the 2000s. So like, there were things that we did, I guess. But yes, yes, we did <laughs> things back did then. The things outside. But definitely like there have been points in my life where I'm on it and engaged a lot more. So I can definitely relate to some of these harms. So I'd be curious, Elizabeth, if you've had them. And Tara also, like, has your social media experience been like kind of the typical or like, so I got on Facebook, I don't even know how many years ago, 10 or 15 years, but I will say my social media use has changed now that I'm a parent because I'm like, oh, let me join this mom group mm-hmm. and let me find out about safe sleep. And here's one about feeding your baby properly. Yeah. So I use it almost as like a place to gather information, mm-hmm. which is super scary, actually, because a lot of the information out there is like people's opinions mm-hmm. and not based on anything tangible other than their own experience, which, as we know, can be like dicey. But I find that I'm on it a lot more now. And I also don't like that. Yeah, I feel like I'm compelled to like take out my phone and scroll like, okay, what am I not seeing? What am I missing? Mm. And it's like a yucky feeling. Yeah. The second part of that, which is, again, I am on it for business. So I'm on it periodically throughout the day. But I hate it when I find myself with a spare moment. And without even really consciously recognizing it, I open up one of those apps. That drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. I do have something for you then for later. Oh, good. good. Yeah. But actually, Tara, something you mentioned made me think of something I do want to say, too, which is social media has been really helpful, I think, especially for marginalized communities, because, you know, the three of us are white women and we can find like people pretty easily it represented in like other types of media mm-hmm. and our voices are heard a little bit more easily i think um yep and so i think you know i don't want to demonize social media even ones that are kind of like sometimes demonized like tiktok like <laughs> we do demonize that sometimes but that really there is like a lot of connectedness that can come and like advocacy that can come from social media so there are a lot of great things it's kind of i think i had used the idea of like the tool itself is neutral but it's the way we use it yeah yes i love that cool. that's like a great phrase <laughs> the tool itself I, is neutral but it's the way we use it well, well okay i'll just be quiet because i have another i'm like <laughs> is it neutral though because so yeah there is like <laughs> there is a dark side there of like misinformation is. yeah and the way that it's even designed is to keep us yeah. engaged in it yes yeah like it wants us to stay on there. Yeah. Like the endless scrolling, which I know the guy who invented endless scrolling feels really bad about it now. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does. Because it is kind of like used to keep us engaged. We can't like stop because yes. the, the scroll is endless. I remember like first getting on Facebook and being like, okay, I guess I'll just scroll. And then it's like, oh, I've seen this already. Like you got to the end of it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. okay, I remember seeing what this friend wrote and this friend wrote. So like, that's it. I've seen it all. And then I would just get off of it. Yeah. So the endless scrolling thing is like a real danger, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. And so some of the harms that we see with social media is, I think, Tara, you had mentioned like this kind of like FOMO to be very millennial of me. FOMO, the fear of missing out. That is definitely something that shows up for a lot of people. Has that been something that you've experienced, Elizabeth? No, but I'm not really a person prone to FOMO in general. My husband actually 
teases me about that because he has major FOMO. I don't know what that says about me or for whatever reason. I I don't tend to gravitate towards FOMO. So I do not experience that part of it on social media, usually, I would say. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me in knowing you a little bit. Agreed. That's not at all shocking. That doesn't surprise me. I think because you do have kind of a sense of like mindfulness for a lot of the time. And I think a lot of gratitude and like present moment awareness. I I also think your life is more interesting than anything that could be online. (laughs) Wow. I have so many questions. Save them for when we're not recording. But, you know, you travel a lot and you have a busy family. Like, you're I'm very blessed. I am very blessed. So there's some people experience that FOMO. I think a lot of people do, especially when we start to get into the comparisons. And the comparison also leads to this, like, feeling of inadequacy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because when we're posting on social media, yeah, there are times where like people are posting about like this terrible thing that happened. But a lot of the times it's like we're posting about great things that are going on in our lives. Totally. And it's our highlight reel. Yeah. And even if it's like what not intended to be like perfectly curated, it is naturally kind of curated. Yeah, I do think the comparison is a huge problem. And I would say even just again, I don't use it a ton for personal, but I use it a lot for business. And like I get in comparison trap of in the business sense. Yeah, absolutely. See in social media. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. That can definitely show up. And there's also like, I think kind of along those same lines is sometimes feeling like isolated. Like you're maybe not feeling like you're measuring up and that can kind of lead to feelings of isolation. And that feeling of isolation can then actually cause us to isolate ourselves more Mm -hmm. and maybe withdraw a little bit more because we're not feeling like we're measuring up. This is kind of, I think, some of the things that happens when we're like really engrossed with it. And like we were talking about earlier, it is really designed to keep us engaged with social media and less in real life. Right. Like, right. Yeah. 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 And it's addicting. It's addicting. That's kind of the part that I don't love about social media. I typically use social media in three ways for networking for business purposes and f- to keep up with like friends and family. But and momming, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, true. And like learning new information about momming. But because the way it's designed is like, oh, she hasn't interacted with this person in a long time. Let me show her more of this. Mm. And like you can kind of click like, oh, hide this ad or hide this thing. But it's such a game that I don't think there's any winning it. The yeah. only people winning are like the advertisers on it. Well, and also the loudest and the most extreme voices are the ones that get rise to the top of the algorithm. Yeah. It seems like. Yeah. I mean, those are the ones that are engaged with, right? I like to read the controversial posts. I get excited. I'm like, mm-hmm. ooh, what is going on with the community <laughs> yeah. Facebook page? Like, let me check this out. And because I'm clicking on it and yeah, usually like, I'm more of a lurker, but like, yeah, even that is engagement. And so that's going to be pushed up the top of other people's feeds. And then, then they're going to comment and like, yeah. And diet culture is rampant. Mm, yeah 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 so toxic common sense doesn't sell it's like the normal stuff like hey enjoy foods in a healthful way exercise if you're feeling good and moderate your stress doesn't sell yeah but they're sexy it's not sexy yeah i mean before and after photos are so compelling so compelling but they're not really before and after (laughs) most of the time Like before and during, before before and before you feel during again. and during. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I think 
just something that most of us are trying to do is to spend less time on social media, not necessarily get rid of it, because there are really useful things. I think the groups on social media can be like really helpful. Community groups are like really helpful. There's a couple therapist groups that I'm in that I've found to be incredibly useful for like finding resources or referrals. Yes. And yeah. It's, it, I think that those kind of things like are really, really helpful. I find that same thing in my industry too. Like some of the personal trainer groups and things like that, like just feed you new studies that you would have never normally found on your own. Yeah. Right. You know, and it kind of changes the way that you might do things, which is awesome. Yeah. And also I, I have made connections on social yeah. media that I never would have made elsewhere, even just with other dietitian colleagues or people in the anti-diet space or just local people, frankly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So like I'm not necessarily saying like we need to just get off social media mm -hmm. entirely. But I think that some of the things that we've been trying to do don't seem to be working. Like I really love the feature that Apple started using on their phones a while ago where they have like screen time. Like you can designate how much screen time you want to use. Yeah, I like that, too. I love that. However, you know what I do? I'm actually just appalled by it every Sunday. When yeah, I say, oh, <laughs> so you can set limits and <laughs> I so it'll know that. pop up. So I thought, oh, this is going to change my world. It'll send a little thing. It'll like your screen will go white. And it's like, hey, you don't have any more time. And I hit dismiss, ignore. And I go back to it all the time. Oh, and it's that easy to get around it. It's funny. Well, I'm saying I didn't know it, but I used to put screen time <laughs> on my kids' phones. But I don't know. I guess I... I did. For some reason, I'm thinking of it in two separate channels. You can make it more difficult. Like, I did make it more difficult where I would have to put, like, a separate passcode in. So that way I would have to at least think about it, mm -hmm. which did help. And I think that that is a strategy that still is helpful for me is, like, making it just a little bit more difficult. Yeah. So I have to think about it for a moment mm -hmm. because of that, like, mindless. Like, Elizabeth, you were mentioning just, like, you're just picking up your phone and, like, you're mm -hmm. just scrolling all of a sudden. That kind of helps snap us out of that. Like, oh, mm -hmm. wait. Do I actually really want to, like, waste a bunch of time on TikTok right now? Right. So that can be helpful. But I found that something that was even more helpful for me, and this is something that is often recommended, is making it as difficult as possible to access it. Mm -hmm. So that, for me, meant taking the app off my phone. I can still access it from my phone. I can go to Safari because mm -hmm. I have an mm -hmm. iPhone. But it's not as convenient, and it's yeah. more convenient to use, like, a laptop. So thinking about someone who's using it for business, it might be something that's more helpful for you to like designate time that you only access it on a laptop. Yes. And I love that idea. And this is going to sound so stupid. But for Instagram, I do make reels occasionally that, for my business. Yeah. And you can't do that from the laptop. And if that's you delete point. the app off your phone, because I have thought about, well, just take it off on the weekends. Mm -hmm. You actually lose everything in your drafts folder. Oh. At least I'm pretty sure you do. I don't find who the next person. They so make that so wrong. tricky. But I think you can. So the solution that I've come up with but I haven't executed is actually I really just want to get a different phone. I oh. want to get a business phone. You should do that. Oh, I have interesting. that. interesting. And it will be on that one. And then I am not taking that with me when I'm trying not to work. And I won't have it on my personal phone. Yeah. And really, that could solve a lot of things, right? Because I tend to be a workaholic. Yeah. Or I enjoy what I do. So I'll just pick it up and start working if there's mm -hmm. a quiet moment. But I'm really trying to have that better boundaries. I would highly recommend a separate phone. I have one and it's so much nicer. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely highly encourage that. Yeah. I feel like I don't know anybody yeah. that has two phones. Really? I'm looking at both of you like, what? Oh, yeah. Two phones. 
Well, and that's partly why I haven't done it because I'm like, who oh. am I that I need a whole other phone? But really, well, it's just for my own mental health. Yeah, honestly, yeah. is why I want it. I like yeah. having that separation, which is a very valid reason. Not <laughs> yeah. that you even need a valid reason. If you want to have two phones, have two phones. But yeah. my work phone. If it makes your mental health better, like, why would we not do this? Yeah, I know. And and yet I haven't done it. <laughs> yeah. I just keep I, talking about it. I definitely recommend it. Because then I notice that, like, I'm, I'm spending less time checking my email, too. Like, I'm yeah. doing a lot. I'm doing work when I'm doing work. And it's not, like, in my pocket or in yeah. my hand all the time. I need that. I yeah. should just drive right to the store. Oh, you yeah. should do it. <laughs> you guys are, like, convincing me that I want two phones. <laughs> See, because I, like, wake up and before I'm even out of bed, I'm, like, scrolling. Like, let me check my emails. You know? And, like, okay, I better respond to this real quick. And I'm, like, not even out of bed yet. Like, right? What? Yeah. That's crazy. You need one, too. <laughs> yeah. Highly recommend. So, in addition to making accessing social media more difficult... I also want to talk about like kind of balancing some of those other harms that we talked about, like the feeling of isolation, the FOMO, that kind of thing, the comparison. I think, like I always say, it's noticing that that's happening. And maybe when you notice that's happening, that's like a good signal to maybe take a step back. And in addition to doing the stuff that I always normally say, I think it could be helpful to like with the mindless kind of picking our phone up. A lot of the times we're doing that to avoid something like it's avoiding boredom or avoiding like awkwardness, avoiding like a feeling even. I know I had a sad thing happen recently in my life and I immediately was like on my phone, like playing games on my, I don't even play games on my phone. I was playing games on my phone. It was like kind of helping me avoid those feelings in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So we often will just go to our phone automatically. And so sometimes it could be helpful to like practice having the awkwardness, like maybe you're in a cafe waiting for your coffee Instead of picking up Instagram and like scrolling through, maybe just like take a look around and like see what's going on. Maybe interact with a stranger that have like an awkward interaction. Be like, hey, hello, look at the weather out there. Well, I was just going to say, so I'm, I'm thinking that that makes perfect total sense. And I do try to do that. And yet, even when I have the intention, I still will occasionally find myself doing yeah. it. So in those scenarios, sometimes I will purposely leave my phone in the car. Yeah. So that I actually can't do it. I think that's a great idea. And I think it's totally okay, too, to notice that you have picked up your phone and then put it away. Yeah. And then pick it up again and then put it away. Uh -huh. It's okay if you do it 100 times. Yeah. That's fine. I agree. It's practice. So the more you practice it, the easier it'll get. And I think taking it away entirely like taking that option away is also a helpful thing. Laura, I actually did like an experiment with my classes at the community college. So I teach kids how to be personal trainers up at the community college here. And um, I had them note how many times they opened their phone every day. <laughs> and I had them stick like a post-it note on the back and just like write a tick mark every time. And I thought it would be like, oh, I opened it 30 times or whatever. Oh, I bet it's <laughs> way more than that. So I did it with them and mine was like a hundred and I was like a hundred times like I'm a pub like what could I possibly have needed my phone for a hundred times that day and mine was one of the lower ones. There was like one kid who had like 80, you know, and then there were like several kids that were over a thousand. Wow. And I was like. Take me all day to like open up my phone that many times. Yeah. But if you think about like what a time waster just picking up your phone and opening it is, you know, imagine what else we could get done in our lives, <laughs> right? If we weren't just doing that all the time. Yeah. Or how much life we can just soak up. Even. Like, what are we missing? A client yeah. this morning told me that her parents were at like a baseball game and they were both on their phones and a line drive came right 
at them and hit the empty seat next to them, like where we are, Elizabeth. And they didn't even notice. They were like, looked up, like, what happened? You know, and I'm like, well, you could have died. Wow. You know, but like, we're so absorbed in what's going on in our phone. We kind of forget to like notice what's around us. This whole conversation is making me just want to put my phone in a lockbox for the next six weeks. (laughs) I'm feeling anxiety about this conversation. It is still all useful. It's making me feel like I want to check my phone and make sure I didn't miss anything while we were recording this. I will say, because I'm intentional about sometimes leaving it and not bringing it with me, I actually feel the happiest those times. Yeah. And I'm not unhappy other times, at least. Like, I don't have a perception of being unhappy. I think I'm a generally happy person. But I feel there's something about not having it with me that actually makes me happier. I completely vibe with that. But I know other people, they will say it would make them more anxious. Like, I'm thinking of specific friends who, but what if my kids try to contact me? Yeah. Okay, this, I could be a little biased because I am an exposure therapist. (laughs) But my guess is that anxiety would actually fade over time. The more you have the time away from your phone and the the bad thing doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And, okay, yeah, bad thing could happen, but a broken clock is right twice a day, too. So, Mm -hmm. it's not the phone. (laughs) I actually had something like this happen to me, like, years ago. I accidentally washed and dried my phone. (laughs) And, of course, it didn't work afterwards. And I was right near the end of my contract, and I wanted to move to a different carrier. So, I ordered one off Amazon, and it took, like, a week to get here back then in olden times. (laughs) And uh, I didn't have a phone for a week, and I felt, like, super... Super liberated, you know, and there was one time where I was stuck in a traffic jam totally late to teach a class at the gym. And I was just kind of like, this is well, I guess like they're going to have to figure it out. Yeah, this is reminding me that something I forgot to mention earlier is there actually have been studies done and they found that decreasing social media use actually also decreased loneliness and increased overall well-being. And so it's interesting that you guys, yeah, both have had that like anecdotal experience of that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I know I talked about making accessing social media more difficult. And Elizabeth, you're kind of already doing that with your phone. So like maybe even making your phone more difficult to access, practicing like having that awkwardness. And I think also making making it a priority to really schedule in real life friend time with yeah. people or family time or so important yeah like experiencing the world and scheduling that really making a priority to incorporate that in your life and then i think finally something that is overall a helpful thing but i think in, in particular when we're talking about like the comparisons incorporating some kind of gratitude practice in your everyday life can be really really helpful when it comes yeah. to that kind of thing yeah Mm, I love that. Yeah. Gratitude's super important. It's surprising how helpful it can be. Yeah. So that's all I have. And I, I'm thinking of that quote and remembered you're comparing yourself to someone else's highlight reel. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not real life. Like, yes. The more we can remember that, the better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can notice that like, yeah, this is just one clip of someone's day that totally. they may have posed, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. That right? really has no bearing on mine. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It doesn't but affect me at all. like it does. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I think taking a moment to experience the world, practice that gratitude can be really helpful. I love it. What a great conversation. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Wellness Rebranded. If you like this episode, we would be super honored if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us get the word out to others about what we're doing here. So we would appreciate it. Also, I think we all love reading the reviews, right? Yeah, we do. It's so nice to know there's real people on the other end and that you're finding it helpful. Yeah, yes. and definitely if anyone has things that you want us to talk about, we would love to hear it and we would love to, uh, to answer that. any questions. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Wellness Rebranded. If you found this helpful, please take a moment and leave us a review and share it with your friends. 
If you'd like to learn more about Mora, you can find her website, moratunny.com. To connect with Tara, find her on Instagram at Tara De Leon Fitness. To connect with me, Elizabeth, visit me at elizabethharrisnutrition.com. And while you're there, follow the link to join my health and healing with intuitive eating community on Facebook. 